Him. Shim. Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. And we are The Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes 24 and 25. The poisonous monster mushroom morgue sortie! Modoku Kaijin Kinokomogu no Shutsukeki! Shocker breaks a prisoner out of jail and pickles him in poisonous mushroom juices to transform him into mushroom morgue and sends him to kidnap children for experimentation! Alright, Travis, we thought this title was a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, the not only in Japanese is the title kind of rough, uh, it's also kind of rough in, in English, too. What's a sortie? Oh, I know what a sortie is. I didn't know what a sortie was. I had to look it up. Here, I'll look it up for our listeners just in case they want it, to know. It's a noun. Yes, it's a noun. It says an attack made by troops coming out from a position of defense. So it's a military term, which I already knew. Uh, so synonyms are foray, sally. Excuse me, a synonym for a sortie is a sally. What? <laughs> what? What is a sally? Oh, like Thank you. sally forth. Are we British now? What? Sally forth. A sudden charge out of a besieged place against the enemy. A sortie. So a sally is also a sortie. Sounds like we're trying to name a pair of fraternal twins. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my this is my daughter Sally and her brother Sorty. We sometimes call him Sorta. I do <laughs> Sorta. <laughs> this is one of the stranger supervillain origins I have ever seen. <laughs> we literally have our Kaijin of the Week created by Shocker. Breaking a prisoner out of jail and pickling him in mushroom juices for a week. So, in case you didn't know, <laughs> that's how you make a mushroom-themed supervillain. Yeah, so uh, it's really weird that they keep coming up with different ways of creating these kaijin. Because, like, sometimes it's instantaneous, sometimes it involves a surgery, sometimes it takes, like electrocuting them sometimes they have to be pickled in a big vat of green goo it's it's just it's weird well, comically huge super mario props inside of oh man the giant mushrooms the giant mushrooms are I mean, it's this whole episode, or both these episodes that we're covering this week, remind me so much of the Super Mario Brothers movie from the 90s. No! 
and they just announced uh, the apparently controversial cast of the new animated movie that's coming. We're not going to talk about Chris Pratt as Mario on this on this kaiju or not kaiju uh, this this Henshin Man podcast because I, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings that I, I just we're not going to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> moving on it was just funny when i so many weird things are coming to my mind watching this first off for those uh, who may not know i have a character on on the my uh, my other podcast the monster island film vault who works with the matongo and matongo were mushroom monsters from uh, an excellent excellent toho film from the early 60s that was about mushroom monsters and the, his name was dr Dorif voiced by our friend Danny DeManna, and he's supposed to have been hanging out with the Matongo for so long, he's basically lost his mind, and I'm sitting here thinking, is this the secret origin of this character I didn't know about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this a Matongo? <laughs> yeah. Is it, I was like, why didn't they use the Matongo? I feel like, oh, it's because Super already did that for Boltan. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. um we have to talk about the fact that shocker uh has switched from just taking random people off the street to now wanting children because apparently children will make the best shocker soldiers okay this is honestly so dark you would think this would have been part of the uh, your first 13 episodes you know the uh the hongo era this seems more in line with what shocker did then <laughs> yeah experimenting on puppies and things like that yeah yeah so now they're experimenting on the children so they're sending the mushroom mushroom org which okay this thing's name is nuts on the subtitles it's spelled mushroom with org at the end so i thought oh because mushroom cyborg but you looked into it and found out that his name in Japanese is literally Mushroom Space Org, as in where you keep dead bodies. So, like, so is he where dead mushrooms go? What's going right. on? I don't. Yeah, Why not his... call him Death? Which Death Mushroom sounds like a metal band, but <laughs> <laughs> Death Mushroom. I mean, there's so many really like crazy names for mushrooms out there like you know the the death caps and all those kinds of things uh the you could have just named him after a mushroom and he would have been fine even even an edible mushroom would have been you know fine but yeah no this this he's he's shiitake man It's a good thing the audio didn't cut out at the at a certain point there. <laughs> <laughs> that is what his name will be from now on while we're talking about him. Shitakiman. <laughs> Holy Shitaki butt man. <laughs> Holy Shitaki common rider. <laughs> I want Taki to that now too. It's too common. <laughs> Taki is so well one he's he's like does a lot in these two episodes but two i just have to say the hayaki ship is still sailing strong <laughs> it's a, you've uh, you settled on a name hayaki 
boy. Oh, oh. So shocker goons can talk and teleport now. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they've all they've they've talked before, but yeah, teleporting. I mean, until they've also teleported before. I I don't know the 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 powers that shocker goons have seem to fluctuate depending on the episode. Oh yeah. Uh, whatever seems to be the uh, most interesting thing they can do, they can do. I want to talk about the invisible barrier that they have. <laughs> that was clearly made because budget cuts. The... And gave me flashbacks to early 3D video games because that's how they would uh, program limitations in the levels. Like, I'm going to go over here. No, you can't. There's an invisible wall. But I want to go swimming in the ocean. You can't just invisible wall stuck on the beach. Yep. Just, just, just a wall of invisibility. Like that now shocker has cloaking ability on top of everything else. And yet they still don't rule the world. They come very close in this, these episodes. Well, more so in the next episode, but they do come very close. Sort of. But yeah, which is funny because they basically had to go to super Mario to get as their supplier to make their Kaijin of the week. So there's a lot of action scenes in this first episode, and I am actually very surprised at how well the writer girls did in these action scenes. Oh my gosh, suddenly the writer girls aren't useless. <laughs> They're suddenly competent and well done and actually very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And now they're, you know, they're going over their, uh, their Haikiba in all of, <laughs> all of the, one of them is. And then the other one is just always carrying a foil. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, that That's just, it, it, she just always has this sword with her everywhere. <laughs> so they're actually running around doing things. It's like, and you, and you know what the sad thing is? They're being useful, and it's annoying everybody. Exactly. Like, and that's what? Yes. That's that's... This show opposite reaction that they should be having. That is exactly what I wanted to talk about, too, because it's like the writer girls are finally coming into their own and being useful and being written well for the show, and then they turn around and write all the other male characters in the show to complain about it. <laughs> Why? I, I, I'm telling you, after these last two episodes, I'm a, I'm a little bit upset with Hayato. He's kind. He's. I, I knew he was rude, but good lord, he's even ruder this week. Yeah, it's more in the next episode than this one. But I, gosh. but I was like, I like them now. It took a while. I'm mean, like, yeah, they were before this. They were pretty, but I'm just like, they just that's all they do. They're you know, pretty window dressing, and now they're actual doing things. And I hope this continues. Yeah. Please tell me it continues. I think it does. I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, that's the thing about the writer girls is they fluctuate between being helpless, useless, whatever, and then also being helpful and actually competent. Uh, and that's just mainly because I think when, when they got rid of Ruriko, you know, Ruriko had a reason to fight Shocker. Like she, you know, her father was killed 
by Shocker. And you kind of had a Lois Lane type character with her. But ever since they got rid of Ur- uh, Ruriko or the, the actress left, I can't, I don't really know what the story was behind her, but ever since that character left, they just don't know what, what to do. And, and like they, you, they want these female characters in there, but they don't know whether to make them like a Lois Lane type character or make them just the damsel in distress. Like they kind of, it just seems like they just, the writers of the show don't know what they want to do with these girls and they fluctuate back and forth between the two. Although I have to admit one of the amusing scenes in this episode is when they try to go save the kids by, (laughs) by uh, raiding shockers, uh, graffiti truck, magic graffiti truck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause it, it can teleport or not teleport, but it can disappear and it's got the weird design on it and they're throwing kids into there. I'm just like, why are you, are you intentionally juxtaposing something that's kind of horrifying with something that's kind of goofy? It's on purpose. <laughs> I, you know what? And I think you're right. This, the, these two episodes that we're talking about here kind of do harken back to those original hongo episodes those first 13 episodes that we had um because yeah it is kind of like there's a kid-friendly aspect to this it is a little silly and goofy but it also does have that underlying kind of horror element to it we haven't even talked about shocker's plan well we did a little bit but but they're they're not just kidnapping children what they what they're wanting to do is they're spraying poisonous spores onto children uh, to paralyze them. They're going to take some of the children back to uh, be turned into shocker goons, but they want to also create a more advanced form of the spore that will be contagious and spread to other people, and eventually everyone will be paralyzed and, and like basically knocked out. Yeah, these episodes hit a little bit differently in COVID land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about that more in my um, uh, minute to henshin it because, uh, yeah. But but yeah, it really does. And and so, I don't know. That, that I, for me, that doesn't feel as, like, silly and goofy as, like, what we've had before of, like, oh, let's steal all the gold from the gold reserves or let's go underwater and and build an underwater base and set off some bombs to... And so this is, like, no, let's spread a deadly disease that's also extremely contagious and will spread to the entire population. Yeah, in a world where we're in the currently in the middle of a pandemic... uh that feels a little more horrifying than than just silly goofiness. Although I am a little bit surprised that they had to figure out it was mushroom spores. And I'm thinking the dude who literally has mushrooms on his head wasn't a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they still had to figure out a, a, a remedy for it. Like they, they, they even when they knew where it came from, they still had to figure out a remedy for it. And then we'll get into that in the next episode. Cause that's where that comes up. But yeah, that, that just, that's, that's the plan that the shocker is going with. Uh, shocker also wants to kill Hayato because of course they want to kill common rider. The way they do it uh, is they lure him into a trap by sending a mechanical mushroom to the Tachibana Racing Club 
house. And no one noticed it? <laughs> it was just a metal mushroom. It's just a metal mushroom stuck inside of a plant. Okay. Well, first off, a mushroom growing in a house plant, that's already weird. You think they would have noticed that? Second of all, it's obviously made of metal. This has to be one of the most conspicuous things that Shocker has ever done. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> also, um, hilariously, Mushroom Morgue on, because he talks to them through that, sounds, sounds like Cobra Commander for some odd reason. Yeah, his <laughs> voice is like distorted in a very, very, uh, I mean, we've already mentioned uh, in previous episodes, but a very chipmunky way. Like, it sounds almost like a Ch- Alvin and the Chipmunk style voice. <laughs> I was like, was he being voiced by Chris Lotta right here? I just need him to <laughs> Cobra! Cobra! La, 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 la. I mean, I'm just waiting. For- <laughs> Mushrooms! Mushrooms! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I- <laughs> Are all of Mushroomorg's victims getting highest kites here? With the, with all these spores, I mean they're they're going comatose. So I don't know how high they are. They're so high they went comatose. <laughs> <laughs> She's so high, high, high above me. She's so comatose. <laughs> <laughs> also, chaos. Serious consideration into installing a filter on his helmet. Just, <laughs> As we saw today. Just wear some kind of like gas filtration mask. We've talked about this before, but man, but you know, the fact that Shocker was able to capture Common Rider, that was that was really cool. I actually really liked that they were able to capture him because, you know, it, it's it's you root for the hero, but you also like seeing the hero put in difficult straits you know and not have such an easy time and the fact that that uh he actually struggled in these two episodes i actually kind of liked yeah i did too although and it almost made my henshin kick award but i ended up giving it to something to an actual sequence as opposed to one move but one of my favorite this is actually one of my favorite bits of fight choreography on the show so far and that's where he uh, kr2 is fighting shocker goons who uh who all have swords and one of them swings a sword down at him and he blocks it. And then another one comes up behind him to try to get him from behind. And he actually moves the other guy's sword back and blocks the other shot. <laughs> and then takes them both out. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Some really awesome fight choreography in these two episodes too. Like, like I mean, it, it, it's still that kind of like low budget. Uh, it's none of the kicks or, or punches are making contact, but the choreography is still good. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because you have Haikiba. <laughs> yeah, Haikiba. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, Shocker takes Hayato, Kamen Rider, into their uh, like very colorful van or truck or whatever, and they're going to take him back to the base. We see as they're driving away, Taki was just on top of the truck like he wasn't involved in any of the fight yet so so i just like he taki wasn't involved in any of the actual fighting uh you saw all the writer girls involved but not taki 
And then when they drive away, he's just on top of the truck. Was he just sitting on top of the truck the whole time? <laughs> he's just sitting there just like, well, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. If they happen to drive away, I'll be ready. Like, well, you, you could get involved and help. <laughs> no. Sorry, Travis. But uh, hockey likes to watch. <laughs> yeah. So Shitakimon takes uh <laughs> takes Hayato back to the shocker base and they decide they're going to kill him. And they're going to kill him in the most James Bondy way possible. And have this comically buzzsaw. Yeah, with just a comically sized buzzsaw that is spinning in the wrong direction, by the way, uh, <laughs> to actually cut anything. The teeth should be going the other direction, not the direction they're going if they want to cut something. But I guess it doesn't matter when you're cutting through human flesh. I was going to tenderize him a little bit before it starts tearing anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All they need to do is have uh, Shitakimon. <laughs> we'll look at him and say, no, Mr. Ryder, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I could think of. Like, do you expect me to, do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Ryder, I expect you to die. Oh, <laughs> uh, and with that, I think we can move on to our next episode. Defeat Mushroom Morg! Kiyukumorgu Otausei! Hayato narrowly escapes a shocker death machine, and now he and the Rider Girls battle Mushroom Morg to save the kidnapped children! So, Travis, the previous episode ended on a cliffhanger where it was telling us how is Hayato going to get out of this one? Especially since he's unconscious. And then in this episode, we find out how the bad guys are a bunch of dumb sadists. <laughs> they decide to wake him up. They decide to wake him up. It's like, let's wake him up so we can hear him scream. And I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure when the buzzsaw hits him, he's going to wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, I think he'll wake up when the saw starts cutting through his flesh. <laughs> now, on the other hand, it was an effectively suspenseful sequence, I have to say. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know, you know, Nathan, what? this this mushroom morgue, he's a real fun guy. <laughs> 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 I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> now I will admit it might be effectively suspenseful, but I do think that I do think that Buzzsaw was about an inch from Hayato's throat for about five ten seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um Taki disguised as a shocker goon. Again, we, we get Taki disguised as a shocker goon once again. Your favorite thing and my favorite thing. At this point, you would think, 
haven't they figured that? They need to really beef up their security or something. They got to figure out some way around this. Just change their suits up a bit because it seems like he's just wearing the one that he. Like, I think you're right. You said it a couple episodes ago. I think he's just keeping his co- the costume in a closet, and he's just like, "Hmm, I'm gonna wear this underneath my regular clothes just in case I have to infiltrate Shocker again." Do you think he wears it to Halloween parties? <laughs> <laughs> what are you this year? Uh, what are you this year, Taki? A Shocker goon? You're always a Shocker goon. <laughs> uh, also and i don't know maybe your friend sam will write in and tell me i am 110 percent wrong but there's a scientist in here actually i think it was a doctor who kept saying that uh mushrooms are plants no they're not <laughs> no no fungus is a totally different thing it's not a it's not a plant i i saw that too <laughs> in the doctor when uh, I think it was Taki, no, it was it was Taki or Hayato? I can't remember. Uh, but uh, one of them mentions Shocker, and he's like, "Shocker? Who's Shocker? Like, how do you not know who Shocker is? Everybody at this point knows who Shocker is." Yeah, that was when the I think that was when the writer girls had brought the the two uh, kids that they had rescued back into the hospital because they went back into a coma uh, with this now supercharged uh spores that they have on them so that it actually is causing everyone to go comatose but they uh one of the girls mentions like oh we but we rescued them from shocker and the doctor's like shocker and one of the girls is like don't bother explaining it to him he won't understand (laughs) oh how does everybody not know about shocker at this point also for some odd reason I just wrote out in my notes in parentheses, Shocker? <laughs> when I say it out loud, I'm like, I, it sounds like a Power Ranger villain, like a Monster of the Week. <laughs> Some like doctor that goes over and like electrocutes you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is also the episode where. Uh, covid starts happening um because i gotta admit there's a sequence in this that is actually kind of horrible and that's you know what which one i'm talking about right the car uh-huh, the guy yeah. goes nuts and starts the car and he ends up wrecking and i'm just like oh my god and then everyone starts passing out because they're all getting infected and i'm just thinking oh lord yeah, and they even mention it because, like, there's a news report that comes on, like, the radio uh, or the television that's talking about this and how they're just leaving the bodies of the people who are passing out uh, or going into a coma just where they lay because everyone's too afraid to touch them to move them so it's just like that's this yeah this is truly scary like you could take an entire like shin common writer the new movie should be this because this is really like a scary thing that the shocker is doing that's why i'm like this is the closest they've come to actual world domination because they're actually affecting the regular population of people yeah it actually was reminding me a little bit of i know i haven't seen every episode yet but uh the not the anime of Gridman, original oh, yeah. Gridman. There are things that show was actually that was from 1993, and the show was a little ahead of its time, I think, because that whole thing is about 
monsters kaiju that look like that are computer viruses wreaking havoc in computer systems. And it usually starts off as this high school kid wanting to do something petty, but then it keeps escalating. Like there was an episode where he was ticked at a girl who turned him down for a date. So he sent a virus since her family ran a grocery store to disrupt the computer systems in their grocery store. And then suddenly people are going nuts because they can't get food and they're trying to break down the the you know the doors to the grocery store and riots. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of the same thing here. Yeah. And then it gets a little bit undone. Like that apparently ecto cooler is the cure. Ecto cooler. <laughs> Only eighties and nineties kids will know. Well, it came back for a hot minute a few years ago. True. True. Also, although apparently in order to administer the ecto cooler to cure yourself of mushroom morgue disease, I guess we call it shiitakemon disease. Uh, you have to coat. You have to completely cover your body in aluminum foil. Okay, so I thought it was kind of like I, at first I was like, "Oh, this is smart. They're actually wearing like hazmat gear to go near these people who have a contagious thing. Uh, that's kind of cool." But then I noticed they're not wearing gloves. It kind of defeats the purpose of wearing a hazmat suit if you're not wearing the gloves. Yeah, and then we get uh, you start getting to the end and. Well, no, then there was just one thing. And I, call me crazy, we talked about this a little bit in the previous segment. I've put some thought into having this be my Kamenacha Award winner, but I thought it's really, I'm only really considering it because it's funny for the sheer rudeness of it. And that is, there's a point where, because one of the subplots is going throughout these two episodes is like we mentioned before, everybody's getting annoyed that the writer girls are being proactive and not just standing around looking pretty. And there's a point where, in the middle of this episode, Hayato supposedly, sends them a basket of flowers with a note that basically says, knock off the tomboy antics and do bridal training i'm thinking dude dude yeah yeah hayato says stuff like that uh taki says stuff about them uh, you know stop stop doing that and go uh, back to the kitchen and do some stuff and then even tachibana joins and is like you should be uh, more ladylike and stop getting involved in all this stuff and it's like Tachibana, you're teaching them to ride motorcycles. That is not necessarily quote unquote ladylike. Like you're, you know, like whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What the heck? Not to mention, nobody said this stuff to Ruriko. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I just, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't hate these writer girls. I hate the fact that the writers, the, the writers of the show, uh, don't seem to know what they want to do with them. Like you could make them useful or you could make them ditzy and annoying, but I, I, I don't want them to be ditzy and annoying. I want them to be like Ruriko. I want them to be good, useful characters, but they just don't seem to know what they want to do with them. And so they go back and forth and it's just, that makes it even worse. I wonder if some executive someplace in Toei was sending a bunch of orders down the pipeline to the filmmakers on this show and one of the mandates was that they had to put in a trio or whatever of pretty girls onto the show and the guys are and the guys working the show are like we have to 
apparently we have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just taking their patience out on them by making the by making the other characters insult them for them. Yeah, it's it's such it's it's worse than just being misogynistic. Like it's worse than like like I, I watch this and I'm like, yes, this the some of the comments that they're making and a lot of the things that they're doing is very misogynistic. It's the 1970s. It's the 1970s in Japan, which was uh, even worse than the 1970s in America, which is saying something. Um, so. Like I expected it a little bit and it's annoying, but there's not much you can do because that's just from the time period. But this, this isn't, this isn't just being misogynistic. This is like, no, you're purposely writing them in a way to where all of the other characters are insulting them while they're actually trying to be useful and, and not, I just, I don't know. I, I just, there's something about the way that the the behind the scenes stuff, something was going on behind the scenes that was making the writer girls worse than what they should have been. Yeah, I, I have little doubt of that, although I'd have to start really doing research to find out if that was true or not. Now, I will say, though, in the in these episodes defense, the writer girls get a, a little bit of retribution. Toward the end of the episode, as we'll find out in one of my awards. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a that's a that's a great one. I, I do I do like that that one too. Uh, so we'll talk about that when we get into the awards. And actually, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about for this episode? I have got a few more notes that I'll, I'll just throw in here. There's a fight between Mushroom Org and Tachibana, and I and he starts off looking like an actual like he's turned to a mushroom apparently. So I'm like Super Mario, and then. Tachibana decides to improvise, so he's like, I'm in a motorcycle garage. <laughs> he just grabs the first thing that he finds, and I wrote my notes, Captain Hubcap! <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, because he was also the captain in Ultraman. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> then Shocker starts resorting to basically Super Mario tactics, because apparently Shocker Goons can also turn into mushrooms. That almost got the the WTH award for me this week. Yeah, just these big, weird mushrooms pop out of the ground, and the girls are like, huh, I wonder what that is. (laughs) It's like, yeah. (laughs) It's it's just like, it's such a weird moment. I I just... uh. And we didn't we didn't even talk about how like well all the writer girls do get kidnapped and so does Taki and Tachimana, then they get held hostage on the mountainside, which leads to a really awesome uh fight between Common Rider and all of the shocker goons on the side of this mountain. Yes. Uh which we'll talk a little bit more in the awards. But I also realized at this point while I when I got to that part of the episode toward the end, I started thinking to myself, this looks a little bit familiar. I may have caught the this part of this episode late one night on Tokushatsu. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. Because I kind of recognize it a little bit. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we get the 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 finishing move, which is the rider kick. He barely hits the guy in the elbow. And then it sends him flying off the mountain, turns him into a dummy, and then everything around the dummy 
starts to explode as opposed to him. And then the entire mountainside explodes. So I don't know what Hayato has been doing, what roids he's on, what training he's doing, but he might want to teach Hongo how to do this rider kick. I was going to say he needs to tone it down some because every episode they are destroying huge amounts of land. <laughs> Cause like we've had a mountain explode a couple episodes ago. Last episode we had like a half a city block explode. So <laughs> it's like we are getting to DBZ levels of nuts. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah just destroying like so much <laughs> so much collateral damage his power level it's over 9000 <laughs> <laughs> oh man and i think with that we can move on to the awards for this week all righty so first up we have henshin kick for the best stunt or action sequence and i had the mount I called it mountainside swashbuckling from episode 25, which we just talked about, just because it looks darn cool when you've got Common Rider fighting a bunch of shocker goons with a sword on a mountainside and they're popping out of holes and everything. It's almost like it's almost like whack-a-mole. <laughs> it's like an old video game. <laughs> out trying to get him in there, making their funny sounds. And he's like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. I mean, at this point, it's just I watch this and I just think, Common Rider, were you watching the Earl Flynn Robin Hood right before this? I mean, it's what it reminded me. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a, like I said earlier on, the stunt choreography or the fight choreography is good, even if it is you know that cheesy kind of silly, uh, low budget style of fighting. It's still pretty good choreography. Um, my award. My award uh, for best stunt, uh, I always go with, again, I always go with the ones that seem the most difficult for the stunt person, uh, like thinking of it as, a, as someone who might be looking at it from behind the camera. Uh, and there's a scene early on uh, in episode 24 where Kamen Rider is coming in on a motorcycle and he's chasing the truck, but the shocker goons throw lassos at him, lasso him around the neck and then yank him off of his motorcycle onto the ground and drag him behind the truck for a little ways. Channeling his inner Indiana Jones. <laughs> channeling his inner Indiana Jones, channeling his inner Jackie Chan. It just, it, it was such a, like that's a stunt that seems like it could go very wrong very easily and the fact that they did it and it didn't go wrong is uh something that should that deserves an award <laughs> and it also i think speaks to the durability of these suits low budget or not yeah oh yeah they made these suits to last because they're like uh we can't afford to keep replacing the suit so <laughs> they've got the last <laughs> well i almost uh, i almost gave that to uh gave my award to the truck as well yeah, uh, yeah, because it, it also it, it also leads into like Common Rider fighting uh, Shitaki Man on top of the truck as it's moving, which is yeah. you know, uh, that's a difficult uh, that was a difficult stunt I can imagine to do. Uh, I've done 
I've given the award to other stunts like that before where they fought on top of moving vehicles. So I didn't want to repeat myself too much on that one, but I did notice that one. But to me, the dragging behind the truck uh, was a little bit more intense. Now on to Talking Toku for the best special effects. Now, I will confess, this is a little, this is getting awarded a little bit more to the editor as than the special effects, but it was editing that made the special effects work. And that was in episode 24, where, correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, but I don't think we've seen this happen yet in this show, but more KR2 gets so messed up by Mushroom Morg that he actually, quote-unquote, to use the Power Ranger term, he demorphs. <laughs> I've never seen that happen before. Other than when, uh, uh, well, I take it back, we saw it happen once with Hongo, but that's because he ran out of power. Yeah. And that well, was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to think back and remember. Uh, I'm trying to remember our previous episodes if it's happened before. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think we've had one where he's just gotten like so weakened by the fight or by the monster that he actually demorphs or, or you know, unhinges uh, back to his civilian form uh, like forcibly. Yeah, which tells you something, I think. Mushroom Morg is surprisingly effective. Yeah, yeah, he is. He was a he was a tough bad guy. Uh, my award uh, for Talkin' Toku... Uh, the special effects in these episodes weren't necessarily super flashy and super like eye catching, except for maybe the big explosion at the end. But we've talked about big explosions before. So the one that the one that stuck out stuck out to me, and again, this isn't necessarily a special effect as much as it is just the editing, kind of like yours, is the invisible wall that Taki and Hayato run into on their way of trying to escape out of the. Uh, out of Shocker's base. Uh, they do this kind of miming thing where they're like, you know, touching an invisible wall. Yeah, I was thinking, actually, I just thought of this, you know, so for a second, he was a common mimer. Yeah. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then how they get out uh, from, from behind the invisible barrier is just to charge through it uh using using a hayato as basically a a common rider shield uh and when they supposedly you know quote unquote break through the barrier there's a little charge that was put in the ground you know by the effects team that goes off so that there's kind of like this explosion as they break through the invisible barrier and just having that flash bomb there to signal them breaking through this thing that isn't there it's all in the acting and editing that makes it look like you know there's something an invisible wall there uh i don't know i thought i thought that was a pretty neat effect like i said it's not not the most flashy there's not a lot of flashy tokusatsu uh in this episode in these episodes but that was the one that stuck out to me and now on to coming at you for the best line and this is where i said i was thinking at this is where the writer girls get a little bit of payback. So there's they run off to try to fight Shocker on their own. They're fighting a bunch of goons in a cave. And then Taki runs in and uh, starts fighting off the goons with them. And then they, there's a, a, a lull in the fight. And he says to them, learned your, uh, learned your lesson yet, tomboys? And I forget which of the writer girls it was who said this. But one of, but one of them retorts back, not a chance. Ha! <laughs> It was such a good line. Very satisfying because it's just like, nope, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> What'd you have? 
Um, my uh, line is very early on because it's one of the first lines that you get with um with, with Shocker when they take the prisoner that they've broken out. Uh, to the actual shocker base to transform him into mushroom morgue and the, the great leader the shocker leader says we shocker have been searching for a villainous cold-blooded man like you which is such an evil awesome bad guy line and yeah we've said that like mushroom morgue is is uh more seems more dangerous than some of the other shocker goons and seems more uh I just ruthless in his fighting. And uh, I, I glad they paid that off that the fact that he, yeah, this was a murderer that they broke out of jail. This wasn't just some stranger off the street uh, and it pays off in, in how ruthless he is for sure. And then my favorite award WTH what the henshin. And I see we had the same one. I couldn't believe I'm just, I didn't know what to do with myself when this happened because for about two minutes, Shocker basically turned into the Pied Piper. Yes. <laughs> they, like, that was like <laughs> mushrooms on parade is what I want to call it yeah. because they go around advertising. Oh, there's a monster, you know, come see all the scary monsters at this amusement park. Come along kids, follow us. And they're just beating on their drums and singing songs and everything. And, it, and the, you know, and it's just, it's just mushroom morgue and the shocker goons not disguised as anything. It's not even like Ivan ooze disguising himself with like, you know, as a purple, you know, what wizard or whatever he was it's just them and their regular just they just look normal and and one of the kids is goro who is a part of the team writer who should know what shocker looks like and he's like yay let's go see all the monsters and they go and follow them out into the middle of nowhere where they get kidnapped and they're like wait no these are real monsters and then they get kidnapped and it's like no kids you kind of deserve this one oh that's gold <laughs> <laughs> oh you were talking about shocker looking for a cold-blooded man to make it to a kaiju maybe they should have went with you what the heck I am a I am in a very punchy mood. Uh, I, I am willing to punch down a, a, at kids. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Anyway, we're moving. <laughs> okay, Travis, this is the part where you redeem yourself about punching children. <laughs> <laughs> Verbally punching them. Verbally. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm ready. On your mark, get set, go. So, like I said earlier, I don't know if it's the mood that I'm in or the state of the world right now, but having Common Rider deal with an infectious disease that was spreading quickly across the country kind of felt very intense and kind of brought back like you said earlier on uh memories of those first 13 episodes kind of the thing that i love about common writer when it's a little darker a little bit more horror 
Uh, and so, yeah, this was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed these. These episodes were very intense. Um, I like when Common Rider faces a challenge that he can't just punch or kick into submission. And having an infectious disease was one of those things. And also, like I said, the Hayaki ship is continuing to sail so strong. My turn. Ready, set, and go. Although I have to admit, Travis, you kind of beat me to what a lot of my points were going to be. This actually did feel like, in a weird way, a return to form. Uh, we're getting back to it being more horrifying. We're getting back to a more uh, at least a slightly more serious tone, a more threatening shocker, despite still some pretty goofy elements in here. The writer girls are actually useful now. Just ignore the fact that they hang out with apparently you know, some sexist dudes who keep telling them that they're terrible. I'm just like, stop it, guys. Okay? Just let them keep going around doing their haikiba to the shocker goons and everything will be fine. Just saying. <laughs> Rider Girl's master of haikiba. Let them do their thing. There. I'm going to bank 10 seconds too. Oh, man. And with that... We're going to close out this episode by saying thank you for listening to The Henshin Men, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly podcast and listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? Who's up for a game of Henshin Rummy? I think you've done that one before.